Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. Well, hello, Grief and Rebirth listeners. Thanks for tuning in for yet another awesome episode we have for you today. Um, Irene Weinberg, my favorite co-host of all time, is joining me in today for another great show. Hi, Irene. Hey, Steph. How are you doing today? Good, good. Just staying warm, you know, winter's officially kicking in over here. So <laughs> yeah, for everybody in the country listening to us or in the world or whatever, we're we're gonna be getting snow tomorrow, I hear. So we're in the Oh, north. I heard too. In the north. Um, oh man. Well, like you like we've said, this is a good uh snuggling podcast to listen up to cozy to. Cool. Um and I just wanted to, I know we were chatting earlier. I just wanted to let our listeners out there know um, we do a cool new feature, don't we? We offer um, voice recordings. So if you guys are listening to our upcoming guest and you have any questions or feedback um, for myself, Irene, or Lane, who we're about to introduce, um, you can go through uh, the Anchor app um, for all you tech savvy ones out there and actually leave us voice messages. And Irene, I think we're going to do a podcast and share a lot of those coming up, right? Yes. Yes. So I hope you guys will give us some feedback, leave us some questions. And with that, Irene, why don't you introduce our guest? Okay, well, I'm very honored to introduce Lane Michelle, who has learned to follow his heart, intuition, and curiosity to find and live his signature purpose. Now, people think of a sole purpose as something for an individual, but he also works with companies, corporations, groups of people to find that also. And we'll talk to him about that and how that helps people work together better. He calls all of this living his heart adventure. Over the more than three decades of his career, Lane has amassed experience in fields ranging from space science to computer technology, marketing customer relationship management, baseball, venture capital, public safety, management consulting, animal rescue, and leadership development. This work has taken him to over 20 countries across our planet. He often describes the roles he has performed from business owner to executive to engineer to consultant and coach as a consultant unfold as a conscious unfolding of roles to help people and organizations fully live their unique purpose. I am very honored to introduce all of you to Lane, who is definitely unique and special. And Lane, how about kicking in and explaining to people what you do and how you came to be doing this? I'd love to. And Irene, Stephanie, it's an honor to be with you guys. This is such an important topic for people. We're a crazy world we live in today, but a crazy cool world. And so, um, uh, you know, rebirth. Wow. I mean, I think we're rebirthing all the time. I know I am. So, yes. uh, so it's, a, it's just a pleasure, pleasure to be with you. And I kind of feel every time I, um, I hear that kind of introduction, I mean, it's like, wow, what a, what a story we all can live. What a story that I have lived and continue to live. And 
And uh, I, I just, I'm so excited about learning and, and growth and, and finding my way and then sharing that. So it's, it's a pleasure to really be here with you guys. Tell us, tell us about how you came to do this particular thing you're doing now and explain to everybody what exactly it is and how you were inspired to do this. Okay, very good. Well, I, I do uh, call myself a way shower now in these days. Actually, I, I had clients who um, labeled me with that. And um, while I may reject labels, I kind of thought that was cool. So how did I become a way shower? Well, I, uh, I, from my early childhood, um, I, my father passed away when I was 10 years old. And that was very formative, of course. I ended up being the the oldest child at home, and that you know shaped a lot of what I began doing as a, a man in this world. And yet, I always I was very very fortunate to have a mother who kept me in my gifts. So I've always been very intuitive, um, very energy sensitive, uh, and and she just made that normal. Um, so going forward with that in life, it 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 still plays in everything I do and. I say I, I'm living my choices with courage to reinvent my life. Uh, that's a phrase I've used um, a lot of times. And um, in, um, in that, I, I've learned to live what I believe and not just what I see. Uh, and so uh, there's been, there's been um, you know, we all have stories. And I've got my stories. And I'm going to share you know, one or two with you, you and your listeners today. But and with a consciousness, I've just, I've just learned that every time out of every one of these life events, these tragedies to fall downs to, to even wonderful, exciting things, uh, whether heart-crunching disappointment to wonder-filled miracle, every one of those has been teaching moments for me. And um, I, I arrived at a place where if I could if I could just continue to focus on the fact that I'm being helped along, just like all of us are being helped along all the time, then I want to receive all of that help and, and encourage me to go forward then. Is your concept of being helped all the time meaning that you're being helped by a higher uh, source? Uh, I both a higher, yes, absolutely a higher source that I, I believe that that not only my soul, but all that is, all that we are, is interconnected. We're we're all through spirit, through uh, you know a greater uh, consciousness, um, all connected. So definitely from a higher source, definitely from my soul, and then also in all of our connectedness. You know, we we are all completely connected. How many times have you had a situation where you uh, you you just were struggling with something and you? And he needed some help or some sign, and then somebody, maybe a random person or or a close family friend member, delivers just the words or just the the little symbol that moved you forward. And that, for me, is a sign of our connectedness and and an answer for a call for help or or a call for a message. That, yeah, I I've I've had that happen to me quite a few times. And for for those in our listening audience who don't understand what a way shower is, because you refer to that, I actually have a definition, and I think you'll agree with it, Lane. It's a person who embodies qualities that others need to absorb and learn. 
and, oh, and they can they can and they carry on these qualities in full measure so that the light that they carry can transfer to the consciousness of all who are around them who want to take that in I love that and I agree with that I've heard some very similar as well and um I you know for me I I just want to live my heart and live the love that I've got for every situation every individual I work with we're we're all such amazing people and animals and and an amazing world uh, at a fantastic time we're in right now um, and wow it's a challenge <laughs> so, <laughs> so way showers you know uh, raise up and help out <laughs> how do you take what you do and then I want to hear some of the we want I want our listeners to hear some these you have this inspiring story about being knocked unconscious by a horse and this miracle that happened to you. And I'd love to sh for us to share that with your listeners, but how do you take what you do as a way shower and translate to this to corporations, which are often like doggy dog, you know, there's competition, right. there's people criticizing each other all over the place, having yeah. no tolerance for each other. How do you, how do you get people to change their point of view? Yeah, there. Um, uh, the honest answer is that a lot of it has to come from the very top of organizations. If the the top leadership of the organization of whatever kind of work, I don't care if it's nonprofit, for profit, if it's a, a government entity, the top leadership really has to embrace model and um, and shift the organization um, for it to sustain. And yet. Um, we all know that um, real change comes from all of us. Um, it's not waiting around for top leadership to see the light or to, you know, have the next program. And in that case, when people can each day approach their work, their play um, with a, a consciousness and a, and a receptivity, but even more importantly, a resilience um, to stay on their purpose. Uh, that what happens is it catalyzes something that gets noticed. And we've seen this in social media. We've seen it. Uh, if you've ever been part of an organization where something just sparks a change that once that cat's out of the bag, it's not going back in, right? It's catalyzed. It's going to happen. So I, I say I work at, in both of those aspects with leadership. I've been that top leader. I've been that, that executive who's, you know, frankly, half the executives in the world are, are fearful that they'll be found out that they really don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're, we're making it up as best we can and applying experience, but there's a tremendous amount of responsibility um, for running an organization. And so what I do is I bring in as much background and, and uh, credential to uh, and science even behind what happens. For instance, Resilience is this idea of being able to have emotional strength, have the energy to be able to live our purpose, live the organization's purpose. Well, I aligned and certified through the Institute of Heart Math to be able to uh, teach people about heart rate variability. And one of the most important tools that begins with breath, by the way, so all of us who are on the spiritual path understand that Everything begins with breath. Well, we, I, I bring in science. I bring in the science of heart-mind coherence. I bring in the science of resilience and emotional intelligence to bring heart intelligence. Give people 
wearable devices that entrain them so that they can breathe and um, invoke love and gratitude and see that actually make a difference in their resilience, their energy, their capacity, their communication. That's just one example of bringing real um, emerging or emerged scientific database kind of things that organizations um, can get behind. It's real. It's tangible. This isn't just a training class. It becomes a way an organization speaks and moves energy. Um, So that that is a, a perfect example what organizations need and what I know I have to bring so that the leadership, so that the, the um, way showers within the organization will embrace and move forward. Now, do you notice that people make permanent changes after doing this or do they kind of go backwards to um, old patterns? Yeah, it's both. Um, honestly, I'll be real honest. I used to get very frustrated. I would spend a lot of effort and, and, helping people to, to see a change and begin to move down the change and, and to have them slip back. Um, my, it was my ego involved. Like, uh, I thought we were successful. Listen, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'll call out my ego and I have my colleagues who call my ego out and I call theirs out. We all need that in life. The reality is we all go through a journey and, um, you know, it's, People do slip back. We all slip back. And and yet, when we look at the pattern of our choices, if we choose to make a change, it's not one choice. It's choosing and re-choosing and re-choosing and re-choosing and re-choosing. And so to have a way shower to open up the path, have a way shower that supports re-choosing and supports the determination to sustain a really courageous change in your life, um, whether you call that person a shaman, a coach, uh, you know, a therapist, whatever it is, we all need help you know, because sustaining these big changes, it's, it is what life is really about. It sounds like you really inspire people. How about telling people this great, this unbelievable story that um, about leaving your executive role and how you found the courage to do that? And right. How you healed? I mean, that's an amazing story, Lane. Yeah, in a in a nutshell, I, I mentioned that ego part. Hey, I was pretty successful. I mean, you look at uh, yeah, I had the sought out what I wanted as the LinkedIn profile, the the, the resume, the CV. I, I was and I was really enjoying being an executive. I was a mid sized company that I was running a good share of the company in, and um, and, but honestly. Um, I was in physically pretty bad shape. I had very high blood pressure. Um, I, had, I, I was overweight. Um, I was. I live in California. I was uh, running a lot of this company based in North Carolina, so you can imagine how many times I was crossing the country. And I was always with customers. So I'm in a hotel room in Boston, about to meet with some analysts, and I have a kidney stone at 3 o'clock in the morning. Never had, I don't know if, if your listeners had kidney stone, I apologize for, for invoking that pain memory. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know people who have kidney stones and it's oh. excruciating. It's excruciating. So I had that stone. I, I somehow made myself way, way back to California. And I decided at that point, the kidney stone was that moment that um, I, I really, it, it, I had to shift a lot of what 
I was about and, um, or I just, I knew I wasn't going to be around. Um, I'd also become really emotionally disconnected. Uh, it was one of those economy downturn times. So I'm having put in triggers to potentially lay off people. We did have to lay off people. It's an executive. I hate that. I really hate that. It disrupts lives. And yet I know that it cycles, but that's emotional. And, and just to make it even more exciting, um, I had my mother uh, brought to my home in California um, from where she was in her last days. And she passed away at that very time. I was right at her side. That was a beautiful time. But the emotional toll of all the physical, the work, the stress, all of that at once was beginning to really crunch me down. And the majority owner of the firm and I mutually agreed that I really needed to go. Uh, and so now look what my ego was doing. <laughs> you know, now, I, now I'm not even an executive. What do you do at that point? And I had an, I, I just had um, a person locally say, uh, you know, you live in Mount Shasta, California now as your home base. There's hiking, there's beauty. And it was, you know, uh, March or April. So the spring is arriving. So as I left my executive title and role and persona, um, I decided to pause for about six months. Um, to recover, renew, rechoose my life, ended up uh, another colleague, uh, another person, very similar path than I, um, ended up uh, doing that hiking together and and um, still very, very close. We help each other out quite a bit, um, you know, as colleagues. But I, I had to reevaluate who I was and what, what was this ego? I'd built a really big, cool ego. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even like who I, I was with that ego. It wasn't me because, you know, honestly, I love being good, doing good, spreading caring. And I love helping people. And as a leader, I was very focused on people, um, and whether they were customers, employees, they were shareholders. I didn't care. It was all about people. So um, I decided not to go back to um, executive jobs. And as soon as I made that decision, guess what? Had offers to run companies in Hong Kong, New York, nothing in California, of course. <laughs> right. So um, I had, and, and of course, big income and all these trappings that come with it. And I rechose not to go there again. Instead, I chose to follow my heart adventure and and write the write a book, uh, become an entrepreneur. The first thing I was co-founded was a company that taught about feelings and emotions to children and adults. That was a change. That was a huge shift. And honestly, that pause I took and the choice to recreate who I was was one of the most difficult, most excruciating, um, emotionally totally exhausting times of my life that um, I, I just I thank God, I thank all of the people who came and were part of that journey with me um, because I would not have been able to do it alone. I wouldn't have been able to be a way shower if I hadn't gone through that that very time in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, including, I mentioned, you know, creating a company that was about feelings and emotions. Wow. I, I seem to miss the fact that I had to get in touch with my feelings and emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you do that? 
Well, I uh, actually used our products and <laughs> I developed, uh, uh, I studied positive psychology, um, the theory of emotional opposites, which was the basis of the products. I worked with children, worked with adults. I went out to conferences. I worked with schools, teachers and counselors and administrators, uh, community service people to um, really not only share, but learn about my own emotions and learn how to help people with theirs. And, and that actually led me to heart math and resilience and um, emotional intelligence, heart intelligence. Is your company called HeartMath? No, I'm aligned with uh, HeartMath, which is based in California. It's been around 25, 30 years. Um, scientific research on the heart-mind coherence, heart rate variability. They're the leading um, not only thinkers, but now developers of products that help us learn how to um, really gain coherence, that, that harmony between heart, uh, mind and heart and our physical bodies and, and our uh, spirit or non-local intuition in scientific terms. You had a miracle that I'd love you to mention. I know we're going to be drawing, this interview is never going to be long enough, but I would really love for you to reference that miracle that you had, that miracle of healing. Because people need with, to understand that there's so much more than than uh, than the physical um, in our healing journeys. Yeah, that, uh, so you're talking about uh, the the incident with the horse, huh? Yes, I mean, that's an yeah. story. Yeah, well, I had, I had um, along that uh, journey after leaving an executive job and getting uh, healing myself, I was I co-founded uh, a large animal sanctuary and rescue. A nonprofit organization. I personally, uh, I've always had a bond with horses. Um, they are the most emotionally intelligent beings I've ever been around, other than dolphins, maybe. Um, both of them equally, and so um, it was a, an honor to spend a couple of years in uh, in building that organization. So I would go out and rescue horses, and um, I would. Um, you know, uh, do the work, uh, you know, seven days a week of building a sanctuary, leading and rescuing horses. So um, one on a rescue uh, while putting a horse in a trailer um, that seemed very, very calm, uh, right at the worst part, the front of the trailer, those who work with horses and the slant trailer, worst part, you want to get a horse tied up and out quick. I felt a, an immediate emotional shift in the horse, a panic. I tried to turn around and exit, but I have no memory from that point forward. Apparently, the horse just exploded, um, knocked me against the steel wall of the trailer, and I was out. I was bleeding all over the place, and, and I was out. Um, uh, so uh, somehow, somehow, this horse, which had exploded in terror, immediately calmed down. And backed up, stepped around my body, laying flat on the trailer floor, backed around my body and out the trailer, out the trailer without stepping on me, without killing me, because that's the that would be death right there. Um, my my first memory, by the way, um, so first waking thought, I'm staring up at the ceiling of the trailer, um, not knowing what happened. But my first thought was, I'm sure glad I cleaned out this trailer before whatever just happened happened. <laughs> I have a different relationship with death, obviously. Uh, so I was, I was so protected. Um, you know, uh, I was in 
ER, uh, taken by ambulance to ER. First CAT scan uh, showed blood on the front of my brain. Just a little bit, but it was blood starting. That is not a good thing. Um, that neurosurgeons called in. Um, I was admitted, and they had planned surgery the next day, or at least it was very possible because you, they'd have to let that pressure get that blood out of the brain, which apparently normally takes three or four months. Um, I was surrounded by the the family, by the team. I worked with just phenomenal, phenomenal team. Um, to um, really uh, just stream and love at me. And I knew uh, the gravity of the situation. Um, the, the just, there was so much love, though, I felt from the team, from those connected, but from spirit as well. And I was shown where the blood was. Um, and so um, overnight, I just received that love. The neurosurgeon came in in the morning after my second scan. I was out on the scan, wheeled back into my room. Neurosurgeon, I remember Dr. Sharp, come, <laughs> comes in and he scratches his head. And he says, clearly the first scan uh, was an error um, because this scan shows there's no blood in your brain. Wow. And that's not even possible because it takes three or four months to uh, go out. And I was released hours later and back at home and healing. Wow. So uh, I'm so grateful because this, uh, I, I talk about spirit emotion. We have human emotions, all of that duality, hate versus love, sad, happy. But I believe in spirit, we have emotion too, and I believe it's love. And we don't have words adequate enough to express the aspects, the dimensions, the depth of love we have in spirit. But I felt it that night. And that love heals. It healed me. That's an amazing story. and so. Um so fitting for what we do, grief and rebirth, and how people can heal, and there is more to help them um, than just what we see physically in our lives. So that is very important also. It's all about love. Just awesome. it is all, I use the phrase infinite love to try to um, characterize different than a conditional or unconditional love or romantic love. Whatever, infinite love is something that's far beyond anything that yeah, we're able to tap into even on a quantum, you know, belief system, quantum science. You just there's something far beyond. It's that spooky thing that makes everything work. Yes, you're right. So, Lane, I, if somebody listening, like, what would your recommendation be for them to like? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, I think, are just starting to kind of understand a lot of this, you know, and and kind of where you were back when all this was happening and you, you've taken this journey but like what was like your first like kind of like aha to like kind of you know really dig into and understand spirit and like what would you be your advice to anyone listening that's really trying to maybe be in the same position and trying to comprehend it yeah it's definitely a beautiful question you know it's curiosity the minute curiosity is sparked it doesn't actually matter whether it's curiosity about your mind or your heart or or about spirit or soul, whatever sparks curiosity, that has been brought to us. That's brought to you. Mm -hmm. And so all that, dig in, be, be, be like a child with such curiosity and such wonder and such, and don't care what anybody thinks. Don't care about what, anybody, take in, read, experience, listen, and um, most importantly, just breathe into that curiosity because that curiosity is what's generally missing from everybody today. 
the the curiosity to have the imagination to 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 the hunger to learn uh, we're we're numbed out we're we're just stressed out but that curiosity is a spark that comes from some other place whether your belief system spirit soul god all that is it doesn't matter it's it's sparked something is sparked notice it embrace it and be like a child with it I would say that's also about having an open mind because a lot of people may feel that curiosity, but they're closed down and they won't follow mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think a good point you made right there is that, you know, people should just reach out and read. And I, I think a lot of people are afraid sometimes to like experience it. But now like with this podcast or like, you know, even like Irene's book or, you know, you're able to really go on like Amazon and just like kind of privately be curious and poke around and kind of open yourself to an awakening, right? That will not essentially be embarrassing if you're too afraid to start until you're ready to like, you know, be as widely open as yourself and Irene. One day we'll all get there, but (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I'm always trying to help these listeners out there that, you know, that are curious. That's why they're, they're tuning in today, Lane. And I really think that your podcast and all your words today will be very helpful for them. That's wonderful. That's a gift. And I and appreciate the um, gift of being with you guys and with your listeners. Let me ask you, Lane, and I think you've just sort of said it, but you have a special tip on finding joy in life. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest tips is pause for that choice that you can make. Pause, just pause, pause, listen, connect, and then choose how you want to live. If we just have that beautiful pause. You would be amazed at how much wisdom you have, how much can come to you. Just pause. We're too quick. We're too fast. We want instant gratification, but just pause. Just pause. Breathe. Listen. Connect. And then you will get the guidance that you need. And that will bring you to joy. It will bring you to joy. That is the wonder of it all. It's just, it's beautiful. Pause. And then, you know, you're going to be delighted at what happens when you pause. Well, see, there's your your homework out there then, everyone. You need to pause after listening to this interview for just a couple minutes and breathe. (laughs) I like that. Because, I mean, what's a better time? You're already kind of sitting here listening to it. So why not a couple more minutes to just take in the silence and kind of listen and pause? I like that. It's beautiful. I love that. Um, Lane, can you tell us really quick too, where can we learn more about you if people want to reach out? I mean, of course, we'll have them do some comments and stuff. And we'll, if we do have any questions and video uh, calls, we'll, we'll be sure to let you know. But if they want to reach out you directly, um, mm-hmm. where should they go? Yeah, you can just go to my uh, website, lanemichelle.com. That's L-A-N-E-M-I-C-H-E-L.com. My email is just lane at lanemichelle.com. Feel free to email there's uh i I give free uh introductory half hour appointment there's an online calendar you can grab a time there and we can talk Um, i help individuals i work with organizations and companies and it's really really working towards um, purpose um, being able to have engaged empowered energized people and organizations but resilience emotional intelligence managing our human energy a lot of quantum things. We'll have to talk about that in another show, some of the quantum side of things. Wow. But, you know, that um, I, I just I bring a lot of ancient wisdom, 
with the latest science practices to unlock human energy, purpose, and potential. And I do that one person, one organization at a time. Well, I hate to wrap it up, but, you know, all good things must temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both. (laughs) So, Irene, as you always like to say, to be continued. Thank you, everyone. Continued.